Hopefully it all makes sense tonight. We're just praying that the Lord's going to still move in the remainder of this service here tonight. Amen. Amen. We're going to Romans chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 12. Now you do have the benefit of a short-winded preacher here tonight, so thank God for that. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 6, starting in verse 12, it says, Let no sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, for, but under grace. What then shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace. God forbid. Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I spake after that manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye in those things whereof ye are now ashamed of? For by the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness, and the end is everlasting life. And for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal through, life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then flipping over to verse or chapter 12, you can just stay where you're at or flip over. It says in verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Amen? Amen. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. And... Uh, believing that God's going to do something. Lord, we believed here tonight, God, that you're in this house. Lord, we believe that you can move in here. Lord, we believe that your will is going to go forth, Lord. We pray that you would soften all of our hearts and all of our minds, God, for, Lord, what you want to give to us. Lord, help us, God, to, to, Lord, to receive it on good ground. Help us, God, to Lord, listen to your word, Lord, to, to take heed to those uh, warnings, God, that you have here tonight. God, we pray that you would just touch the remainder of the service, Lord, anoint the preaching, anoint the altar service, Lord, and I pray that you would just have your way here tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen, amen, and you may be seated here tonight, amen, and so uh, I don't know if it's... Um, coincidence or what, but tonight I am starting off with the uh, with Daniel for just a minute. And so you look in Daniel chapter 1, it's starting in verse 8, and that is where it begins the, the Daniel's fast. And uh, it said that in Daniel 1 and 8, he would purpose in his heart. Amen. And you can look in another, uh, another translation, it says, but Daniel was determined. 
Amen. Living for God, we know we have to have a determination. There's got to be a purpose about us that we can't just go along any kind of way. Amen. Amen. I remember in the old building, whenever we used to have testimony service a lot more frequently uh, than what we do. And thank God that we have it less frequently. Amen. But Sister Hobbs would get up and stand up and she would say that you've got to have a backbone for Christ and a made up mind. Amen. And so I believe that here tonight, uh, I'm in a room of people that have their mind made up. Amen. They have a purpose about them that we're not just just here for God to move and go home and go about our lives until next Sunday, but we have a determination that God is going to do something. Amen. We we know that living for God requires that determination. It requires that made-up mind and that purpose-driven attitude that we can do something. Amen. If we were created uh, to just be an ordinary person, what would we be? But but that's not the point. We were created to, to worship. We were created to disciple. We were created to reach the lost. What does that in turn? It means we were created to be determined. We were created to be purposeful. Amen. We were created to have a made up mind. Amen. Not just another ordinary life. There's enough ordinary uh, in this life. There's enough people that just do the same old thing every week. But there is a group of people here tonight that, that we believe that we are, we're different. Amen. It's completely opposed to what our nature is and, and, and how we are and how the world is in the American dream of making money, pay the car payment, pay the house payment, pay the electricity, and just go on with life until we're, we're just drunk with it. But we have a driven about us. We have a, a, a determination uh, that we're going to be different. Amen. And so dad was preaching this morning. He was talking about uh, fitting in of sorts and talking about the, the magic show that, that happened. And, and so we can see that, that maybe it wasn't so bad for, for to go to the magic show, right? We can say maybe it's not so bad to go to, to these things or whatever it may be that we choose to, to go to. Maybe it's the school dance. How many's heard of somebody preaching against the school dance? How many has heard somebody preach about the school prom in a long time? We haven't heard of that like we used to, but maybe those things aren't sinful. But the Bible does say in 1 Corinthians 10 and 23, it talks about things being lawful. Maybe it's not so bad with the law, but are they expedient? Amen. Is it proper for my walk with God? Maybe it's not so bad as a magic show, but is it expedient for me to go to and to entertain those kind of things? And you can keep going down the thing with, is it is it proper? And so we talk about the purpose-driven life. We talk about a determination that, hey, it may be lawful for me to do these things, but is it expedient? And that's where you find the difference from just ordinary uh, people in the world and, and church folks, that there are things that we don't take part in just because we know it doesn't benefit our walk with God. And so we see in, in our text in Romans chapter 6, it, it talks about the word yield. It find, we find it five different times. We find it in verse 13 twice. We find it in verse 16. We also find it in verse 19 twice. And so I think that... Um, being in church, being in a, in a group of people, you can always find some funny stories uh, whenever you get around church, folks. And so I remember growing up in the, uh, I talked about the testimony service, but I also remember uh, something that, that uh, my youth group had that, that no other youth group or other youth groups had, but I remember mine for sure. 
And that was two things that you could get into the baptistry of the old church in that water and you instantaneously would have stammering lips because of how cold the water was. Amen. And then I would also think of whenever we would be in the altar, we would get up there and we would have stammering lips when one individual would come and pray for us. And Brother Roger Williams would come up and pray and he'd, he'd begin to shake us. And you'd just be back there and and now I'm joking a little bit whenever I say that, but we get into church and we get in the altar, and what we find is ordinary and, and customary for, for altar work. Some people may come in and say, oh, what does it mean to yield? Amen. You've got one person in one ear saying, just hold on to God, and then the other person saying, just let go of the world. You've got one person saying to push a little harder, and then you've got another person saying to let go. Let God, and you've got somebody saying to yield. And so I honestly had no idea what the word yield meant until I started driving. Amen. And some people can honestly say in my family, I still don't know what the word yield means. <laughs> Amen. But we find that in our text here tonight. And so uh, the definition of yield is to place at one's disposal to present or to offer as a sacrifice. And so uh, we see that we are to yield ourselves unto God. Amen. That is, that's something that we do as a believer, as a Christian, uh, that it's not my will, but it's thy will. Amen. And I've got to yield myself to the Lord and what he wants. And so we see that Paul would, he would set two different descriptions of sin here in his writing. And we would see that one is death so that sin is death. And then you also see that sin is bondage. Sin will always be a powerful force that the believer has to face. It will always have to be something that we contend with. However, sin is no longer the master. It's no longer the Lord of a Christian believer. Amen. And, and so in our life, and, and we can end it, indeed be uh, resistant of sin. We can say, get, get it behind me. Amen. Get thee behind me, Satan. I don't want that sin in my life. And, and we can see that Paul would picture sin. He would, he would picture him as a powerful king who had just been recently dethroned and 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 that that king would try to come back and and take his spot in the hierarchy but but as he would continue to try to take it back he can't have that spot anymore because we are holy ghost blood-bought believers amen sin is determined to reign in the christian's life once again as it did before salvation but but what why why can't it do it because the lord has done taking that away Amen. And so we, we're looking and we're trying to find God. Why, why would you want to use me? Why does God want to use our body? Why does he want to have us completely yielded to him? And so we can look in 1 Corinthians in, in, in my first part. I want you all all to turn to 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 19. Hopefully it's a familiar passage uh, to everybody here tonight. But 1 Corinthians uh, 6. I'm just going to read it up here. I can't find it. There we go. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Well, one reason why we yield is because we're not even our own. Amen. We can look in Philippians 1 and verse 20 and verse 21 and see that as well. Amen. 
Amen. If you would turn with me to Philippians 1 and verse 20. It says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also that Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And then we can also go back to our text and see that in Romans 6 and 13, neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield ourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of the righteousness unto God. And so we see that God wants us to yield ourselves to him. We see that our body, our our soul is a weapon that God can use. Amen. He wants to use us uh, not only to build his kingdom, but also weapons to fight the enemy. Amen. Verse 13, Paul speaking to free people, to those that God has regenerated. He's filled with the Holy Ghost, but we are still tempted. We still have weaknesses. Amen. We bring a lot of baggage into the Christian life. We bring sinful patterns of behavior, and they don't disappear overnight. But you know what does disappear? The the bondage of sin. Amen. We still may have the baggage, but at least we're free. Amen. At least we don't have to worry about those chains anymore. Amen. Now we have the responsibility to cooperate with the grace of God that is made available to us. We are, we are to feed the new man while also starving the old man. And if as Christians we are letting sin reign in our life, in our mortal body, it's because we allow it to. Amen. If we're allowing sin in our life, it's because we are allowing it to. It's not because God is given dominion over sin. He's taken that away. Amen. And so we have that opportunity to walk in the newness of life and walk in the freshness of life. Amen. Amen. A literal trans- uh, translation of that text would be that do not constantly allow sin to reign in your mortal body so that you are constantly obeying its lust. Neither constantly yield your members of your body as weapons or tools of unrighteousness to sin, but once and for all, yield yourselves to God. Amen. And we can see in Romans uh, 12 and 1, I said that just a few minutes ago in our text, that we are bought with the price. Amen. We are, I will beseech you, brethren, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. Amen. There must be in every believer an initial complete surrender. This doesn't mean that there will be no further steps. This doesn't mean that, that further walking won't be needed. No, that's not what this means. But the longer we walk with Christ, the deeper that we must go, right? I think everybody can realize that. But there's, there can only be one step, amen? You can't go to the second step without taking that initial step of surrender, amen? Examples of people who, were, who permitted God to use their body for the fulfilling of His purpose. You would look at Moses, and we preached about him here this morning, that he would take his hand and he would raise that rod, amen? He said, I'm not worried about the king's palace anymore. I'm raising that rod for Jesus, amen? Amen. You would see that David, he would, he would pick up a sling with his hand. He would use his body 
for the righteousness of God, for fulfilling God's purpose. We can see the mouth and the tongues of prophets all throughout the Bible, all throughout history. We can see Paul and his feet to spread the gospel all around the, the world. And also we can see the Apostle John. He would, he would see visions. He would hear from God. They would use their bodies for the purpose of God. And we also can read just as much as you can use your body, just as much as you can use it for the kingdom of God, you can also use it the other way. You can use it for sinful acts. And so we look at the easiest one, I feel like, and that's David. He would look at his neighbor's wife with his eyes. He would plot a scheme with his mind. He would sign an order to kill with his hand. And we would see that, that his body was going for the incorrect thing. It was going for the things of this world. Amen. We can look at Psalms 51. If everybody would turn there, we can see that, that David, of one act of sin, his whole body would be affected by that sin. Amen. We talked about this at, in church on Friday night. And Gavin said he can quote this whole chapter. So, Gavin, come on up here. No, I'm just playing. I ain't going to do that to you. Amen. We can see in Psalms 51 where David would walk through as he is making a plea to God. It says at the start of Psalms 51, if it on your Bible has a, a description of the chapter, what does it say? It says a plea for forgiveness. Amen. And so in verse 3, we can see that he would talk about the eyes. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. We look at verse 6, and it's talking about his mind. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me known to wisdom. In verse 8, we look at the ears. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Or in verse 10, it would talk about the heart. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me a right spirit. In verse 14 and verse 15, it would talk about his lips and his mouth. Deliver me from my blood guiltiness, O God. Thou God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips and my mouth shall show forth praise. And then we go back to verse 2 of Psalms 51. And it was just a thorough cleansing. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity. And cleanse me from my sin. We see that one sinful act would make a whole chapter in the Bible that thousands of years later we begin to pray when we, when we get up to pray. Lord, create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. And that was all off one, one sin. Maybe it was, it was something that, it, that had gone on with Bathsheba. Maybe it was something else, but it caused him to get on his knees and ask for forgiveness. Not, a, not just a little bit of forgiveness where we come up to the altar and say, Lord, forgive me, and we move on from it. But it, it was in depth. It was, God, I need this taken out of my life. I need to be thoroughly clean. Amen. And so we can see that, that the sin went forth for a sinful act, but then David would, he would yield to God. Amen. And so that's where we get to in the text, in, in, in the sermon here tonight, that why are we to yield? And we find three different things here tonight. Well, first in verse 14 and verse 15 of Romans chapter 6, we find favor when we yield to God. For, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace 
What then shall we say because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. And so I do want to interject here. We do find grace and favor when we, when we yield to God. And, and Dad said it just a minute ago. We didn't fast all this time just for, for our works and uh, for salvation. We know that our salvation must be worked out through fear and trembling. It must be done with repentance, baptism. Uh, we can't do enough to earn that salvation, but we can find favor th- uh, through yielding to God. And so as we move to verse 14, we can see that Paul he would change a little bit from a, from a deep counsel in verse 12 and 13 that he would come to a declaration here in verse 14. And what's that declaration? That sin shall not be the master anymore. Amen. He's describing our state of affairs now that, that as Holy Ghost bought people, amen, sin's dominion is gone. It's history. There's no more about it. We are on to the new man. The law cannot break either sin's... Uh, uh, a man's penalty or its power because it can only rebuke. It can only hold down. But when you talk about the Holy Ghost filled saint, amen, the Christian is no longer under the condemnation of the law, but it is now under the redeeming power of the grace of God. Amen. It's the power of that grace that the Lord calls us to live. It calls us to move. It calls us to live freely and walk in that Holy Ghost. Amen. And to be what he's called us to be and calls us to that determination. Amen. We find favor through grace when we yield to God. Uh, I, whenever I was writing this out, I just wanted to sing a song. And I ain't going to sing it for you. Amen. But I was thinking about the old account was settled long ago. Amen. It was settled long before I was born. Long before my mom and dad thought about me, come on somebody, it was, it was something that was put in whenever God went to the cross, but when he raised up from the dead, amen, that was the grace of God, and it's still flowing today, amen, and we can find that grace long, long ago, amen, that's when sin's dominion was lost, amen, Romans 8 and 1, one of my favorite verses, there, there is therefore no Now no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Amen. The fact that we are saved through grace doesn't give us an excuse to sin. Amen. But it does give us a reason to obey it. Amen. He gave me a reason to shout. He gave me a reason to dance. He gave me a reason to to live free tonight because there is no condemnation Amen. To those that walk after the Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So we find favor whenever we yield ourselves to the Lord. And then we also find in verses 16 through 20 that we find freedom when we yield ourselves unto God. And so I'm going to read that again. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, His servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form 
of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, but for as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity and to iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to unrighteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. And so the example we have here is pretty obvious. Whatever you yield to is going to be your master. Amen. Whatever you give yourself is to is going to be your master. Before salvation, what were we? We were slaves to sin. What are we after? What are we after salvation? We're a slave to righteousness. Amen. Now that we belong to Christ, you're free from the old slavery and made a servant of Christ. Amen. Romans 6 and 19 suggests that the Christian should just, just be just as enthusiastic in serving God or yielding to God as he was in his own sin. Amen. I want to be just as good of a saint as I am a sinner. Amen. I want to be able to walk in that authority and walk in the newness of life just as well as I can sin some days or maybe in the old days. Amen. But I've asked for forgiveness and I'm moving on. Amen. Amen. A, a Christian cannot have two natures, two opposing uh, natures at, at one time at that. Uh, either a slave to sin, a slave to righteousness, which we can become when we experience the new birth here tonight. Amen. When we experienced that, that new birth long ago. Amen. Amen. And so we look at Matthew 6 and 23, and I know I've preached a message on it before, uh, but we, we look back at that, and, and what a great example that is as, as God is talking to them, and he's talking about where, where your treasures are. Amen. And so you look in verse 23 and 24, but if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. And in verse 24 here, we're talking about serving two masters. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Amen. We can't serve sin while also serving righteousness. Amen. And so we see that, that many people are afraid to resist that sin, they're, they're, they're saying, hey, I can't, I can't do that Pentecostal thing. I can't wear skirts. I can't wear long pants. Amen. How many's heard that before in, in your walk with God? But they're afraid that they will have to give up something. They're, they're cherished freedoms that they think they have, but really they don't have anything. They actually have no freedoms. And, and we read that in our text in verse 20 that, For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free. From righteousness. The, the unsaved person is not free to do good or evil. They have no freedoms to choose. He is bound and enslaved to that sin. Uh, their only choice that they have is when, how, why, and to what degree they will sin. Because sin has got a chokehold on them. The bondage of sin is holding them down so far. But thank God that is not true for any of us here tonight that are filled with the Holy Ghost. Thank God that's not true for the saved believer because we find freedom when we yield. We find freedom when we give ourselves to God. Amen. We find freedom when we let God operate and just let him do his thing. Amen. Amen. And then we can see that uh, bondage to sin only leads to him deeper into slavery so that it becomes harder and harder 
to get out. And we can see that in as the prodigal son. What a great example of that in Luke 15 that he was home, but he wanted freedom. So he goes off to find himself and enjoy himself. Well, you look at several different things. Rebellion led him deeper into slavery. So he was a slave of, uh, of his wrong desires. He was a slave of wrong deeds. And then it led him to a literal slave pen. It led him to a pig pen, right? And he would find it, he went to find himself, but ended up losing himself. He went to say, hey, this is what the freedom that I want, and realized he got himself into bondage. Amen. What what they what he thought was freedom was was actually the worst kind of slavery he could get himself into. And and only when he returned home and yielded to the Father. That is whenever he found true freedom. Amen. How many thought it was powerful last week whenever Brother Walker was speaking on, on, on the, the, the sons of Jacob? And he said when they would get away from the father, they would lose a brother. Amen. When the prodigal son would get away from the father, that's whenever he would get into slavery. But whenever he yielded himself back to the father, whenever he, the Bible says when he came to himself, Amen. That's not something that just comes alone. That comes from God. Amen. And whenever he would come to himself, he would realize, hey, I'm way too far deep than what I need to be. Let me yield myself to the Father. Amen. And then we find in verses 21 and 23 that, that, that what does yielding do? The last thing, it gives us fruit. Amen. And so if you serve a master, you can expect wages. You can expect to be paid from what you do. If you go into work tomorrow and they say, hey, Today's on the house. What are you going to do? You're going to go to the house. Amen. Well, if you go into work tomorrow and they say, hey, we don't have enough money for this week, you're going to say, let me talk to somebody because we got to figure something out, right? Well, when we're serving something, when we're working for something, we can expect wages. And so we see in our text in verses 21 through 23, I'm going to read that real quickly. What fruit had ye? Then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed of, for the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness. And the end is everlasting life, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so we see in the old life we produce fruit that made us ashamed but in the Holy Ghost, come on, somebody. You, whenever we were filled with that, we produce fruit that glorifies God. Amen. It brings joy to God whenever we, whenever we free ourselves up, whenever we yield ourselves, and, and, and we see that fruit being produced. One of uh, the true marks of salvation in a believer's life is to be ashamed of their old past before being converted. Amen. No matter the sin, no matter the crime, a life lived apart from God is a life lived apart from righteousness. But thank God for the grace that he has bestowed on us here tonight. Amen. Thank God we can yield to him and produce new fruit. We can produce something from, from a wretched soul that one a, a long time ago in the past we were producing some yucky stuff. But thank God we can now produce new fruit. Amen. We can produce that fruit that we can walk in the spirit. Amen. We can live free here tonight. Amen. Those who have been freed from sin and enslaved unto God through faith uh, in Jesus, the benefit of sanctification and the wage is eternal life. We see that in verse 22. Ye have your fruit unto holiness in the end, everlasting life. Romans 6 and 23 is usually applied to the non-believer 
and it certainly applies, but it's, it's also a warning to the church, amen? You got to remember who his audience was. It was a church, amen? It was a Holy Ghost-filled church. Nothing's changed from the book of Romans, the book of Acts to today, Amen. And so we can see that that we would consider the audience. And so we can look in Romans uh, 6 and 23 and and we can say, hey, that's a warning, not just for the the sinner, but also the saint. Amen. And so uh, we look in 1 John 5 and 17. Amen. First John 5 and 17, and it says, All unrighteousness is sin, and there is, and there is a sin not unto death. Or we can look in 1 Corinthians 11 and 30. We look in 1 Corinthians 11 and 30, and it says, For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. And so we look at it, and the New American Standard Version says, For this reason many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. And so we, we think that, uh, that, that what kind of fruit can we produce, amen, if we yield ourselves to God? Well, we look in Judges 16. We look at Samson. What a great example of, of not yielding yourself. To God, he he would not yield to God. He kept yielding to the lust of the flesh, and what was his result? It was death. Amen. But if the believer refuses to surrender to God, but uses his body for sinful purposes, then he's in danger of being disciplined by the Father, which may result in death. And so, uh, here tonight, we've got to remember that yielding ourselves produces three different things. It produces favor, Sister Regina, the music team, y'all can be coming up. It produces three different things. It produces favor. When we give ourselves to God, God's going to shine on us, amen. God's going to let us, and he's going to operate in us and work through us. We also find the freedom. We find that freedom through the power of the Holy Ghost that, that sin has no more dominion over us, amen. And then we also find out that it has. we can produce fruit, that, that we're in one time, we weren't producing the greatest thing in the world, but now we can walk in the newness of life because of the fruit that the Lord is allowing us to. And so if everybody here can stand, I want to read one more passage. And so we look in Hebrews chapter 12, and you look in, in, in 5 through 11. And it says, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye, are, if ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is whom the father chasteneth not? For But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye are bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh with corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of the spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chasteneth us after their own pleasure. But he are for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit 
of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So we, we can see, we know that whenever we're yielding ourselves, whenever, we, whenever we're trying to get ourselves in line, there may be a preacher that gets up and say, hey, yield yourself unto God. Hey, turn away from your sins. And it says in verse 11, now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. It's not going to be the greatest thing in the world, but the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them. Amen. We look in verse 9 at the very end and it says, Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? Amen. Wouldn't we much rather have that opportunity down here to get it all together? Amen. Before we go over there. So I urge you here tonight that as we're ending this fast that I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I was the one who messed with Lauren this afternoon. And I told her, repurpose in her heart. What happens after this fast in a couple days if we repurpose and we say that this wasn't just a, a New Year's resolution? This wasn't just a fling, but, but all year long, God, I'm going to produce some fruit. God, I'm sick of living the old life. I'm going to yield to you. It's not just a fad. It's just not a trend, but, but God, I want to produce those things because I want, to, I want to be able to yield myself to you. Amen. So as these altars open, I pray that everybody would just come up and, and would just have a determination saying, God, I want to have a purpose about me. I want, to, I want to yield myself to you. Amen. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for your word. Lord, we thank you, God, that you give us those opportunities Lord, to get it right, God, we thank you, Jesus, here tonight, Lord, that we don't have to worry about the weight, the bondage of sin no longer because we have freedom, Jesus, that there's no condemnation here tonight, God, but we pray that you would help us, God, to repurpose, Lord, to redetermine, God, that we're not going to be the same person, God, that we would yield ourselves to you, Lord, we would give it all to you, Jesus, here tonight, Lord, and we give you the glory, God. Help us, Lord, here to walk out differently, God, than the way we come in, Lord. Help us, God, to set in some things, God, that that this isn't just a trend, God. This 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 isn't just a New Year's resolution, but God, I want to live for you, Jesus. I want to do something great for you, Jesus. Here this this tonight, Jesus. Amen. Amen.